It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. My thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. All right, here we are. Wine pod. A nev- this has never happened. We've done plenty of wine pods, but we've never been on camera for these wine pods. And the other thing... <laughs> The other thing with these wine pods is you have had the good idea of usually like, hey, let's 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 have like a glass before we get started. And that usually would turn into like we'd cash the whole bottle before we yeah. start. And we're like drunk before we even say hello. Now, I mean, this is this is full. We've not had anything yet. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I prefer the like we drink before we. Yeah, talk, me too. But I do think it's going to be good to show. Show what we do here. That's We're why I like, gla- we need to show the people what we do. I don't know why. Like for some reason, I'm like these people think you're doubting us that we were actually drinking. And like, I opened it and I put a little like cork in it because I want people to see and hear the. You know that wasn't a good cork pop, but like. I want people to know that we're actually like we're boozing. We're doing this, you know? Yeah, we want it's it's fun to watch the watch the wine it, come yeah, out. Watch the know? wine come out and is this the do we have the awkwardness uh with no wine being drunk? Are we like at remember like the first seventh grade dance you ever went to? Yes. The first dance with oh. girls when you're pseudo interested in girls and like you, you don't know everybody's don't playing get, the wall. Yeah, you don't want to get to the middle. Because if you go to the middle, like you like it's on, then you have to do it. You have to dance. Right. And that's a bad feeling. Right. Okay. I'm big on being even Steven. The one on the right is I need to talk into the mic when I'm doing this here, but no, the first, the, but what the, the, those dances, the first seventh grade dances, like by the end of them, you kind of, you're not full skill, like genuine pony. Kind of, you kind of are. <laughs> But it takes two hours to get there. Yeah. You but, even, get I mean, there. but I mean, by the end you're doing like the, you know, you know, the okay. awkward, so like, hands I, on hips, like, this is what I don't Casey remember. and JoJo, all my life play. I want to say, no, that's not, I, I don't think that happened. No, I think, I think that seventh grade, you never make it to the slow dance. Ninth oh, really? grade was the first time where we got. Ninth grade, it, got, it went down, dog. Ninth grade, back it that went ass down. up had come out. I'm pretty sure Juvenile, back that ass up, had just come out. Yes, I think that's probably right. Do you think they 99? played Juvenile, back that ass up? Yes, of course. At the dance, though, I mean that's a pretty like. Imagine right now you're you're in charge of the music and it's a bunch of ninth graders. And are you seriously gonna, girl? You look good. Want you back that ass up? I mean, top forty. I think if it's in the top (laughs) forty, not like we're going to X-rated radio here. This was top forty music. Rex and effects, rump shaker. Yeah, these were all fine, but I think you just you didn't really. I think 
I just remember not a lot of like slow dancing. You didn't really dance with girls. You danced by girls. Yeah, I see. Until, I thought I got a. I thought I had maybe, a. I thought I got a. I mean, maybe there was a no slow dance. There was no grinding, and there was no on the slow dance. You kept a good foot of distance. I That's mean, you like were church dance. Church it dance. Was church dance, and like you never. I mean, it was never, never full hips, fledged. Never came in. No, everybody had the ass out going. Yes, big it was time. a butt out. But but I remember that. By the end of it, though, you're kind of intermingling and you're like, man, that was awesome. It takes like two hours to yes. get there. And then you have so much fun. Then the dance is over. And you right. Go, well, that was fun. Well, next time we should just go out. And then you never. And then the next time it takes on the a wall. long time to do you, it. And it's, yeah, I don't get the, it. You have to have guts as a guy to go out there and dance. The girls will all go dance with each other. Yeah. The guys stand there. Guys like, can't dance with each yeah, See, that's, that's kind of BS. Like, girls can go dance with each other and it's socially acceptable. Like, Guys, you can't go out there with like the bros. Get off like, me, dude! <laughs> Don't grind me, man. Get What's, the hell off me! But hold on, we have probably debunked that. As you, me and you have aged, me and you got no problem going out there on the dance floor. Just us two. Yeah, but we we do moves. We do moves. We don't <laughs> grind each other. Like well, girls, of course not. We're not <laughs> girls. Girls go. We'll go out there and we'll do our moves. Oh, we'll do our thing. Yeah, we're dancing near each other. And playing and gassing each other's moves. Yeah. yeah. Very well, supportive very, of one yeah, another. We like each other's moves, but, but there's minimal. I got a serious question for you. When was the last time you danced? Like, really went out there and I, you danced? Well, Vegas pool party at some point, probably. But does that count? How, in the, how many years ago was that? The, two years ago, probably. Two years ago? Uh, maybe. Where me and you were the only ones, by the way, the only ones at this pool party, the only ones that actually got out of the pool and walked over that party to fuzzy. the bathroom and peed in the bathroom. Oh, Remember all, that? They all peed Everybody's in the peeing pool. in the pool, and it took us to leave. Like, hold, hold on. I almost wanted to grab the mic from DJ Mustard, whoever was doing it, and be like, hold on. Why are we the only ones going to the bathroom? All of you should be exiting the pool and going to the bathroom as well. There was a consensus in that pool. And the consensus was we're all peeing in it. And we weren't a part of that That's decision. Just, I can't do that. I used to whiz in the pool all the time like when I was a four, little kid. Like four. But like even now, I mean, I'm not whizzing in a pool. The pee to water well, here, content. Hold on. Let, I'm Let me, okay, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Hey, cheers first, to everybody watching, listening. First wine uh, pod. On the on video. video. We're already off to a good start. We said we were going to, we're like six minutes in. We've, I don't even, this wasn't on the list of things we to do. We started talking about seventh grade dances and I was. Seventh grade dances were great. The ninth grade dance was the best, but, and then high school dances were fantastic. But no, everybody's peeing in the pool in Vegas. That's gross. How is it? That's nice. Really nice. That's yeah, good, right? Oh, yeah, good. Tempranillo. These are from Spain. So we're getting our Pau Gasol on, bro. Ricky Rubio up in this thing. I feel like I've got, uh, what's it called, the tilde? Yeah. <laughs> we we're, we got that Barcelona thing going on right now. Um, that, I'll say that, you know, we we had a, our one trip uh, to Europe. Yeah. Uh, your wife, me, you, and our friend Bub, we all spent about, what, four or five days in Spain. It's amazing. The, something about the wine when you're there, it was oh, so good. And that the whole siesta thing is real. Like yeah. the city shuts down at like four o'clock till six or seven o'clock. And then everybody we went to, we had reservations for dinner one night at I'm pretty sure midnight. it was midnight. Yeah. We were eating dinner at like twelve forty 
It was bizarre. at night. It was bizarre, but I actually I think when you build in the nap during the day, it's kind of nice. That's kind of our you style. Just, I wish napping. I'm yeah. a grown ass man, but I still like if I can catch 20 minutes. See, but I'm one of those guys. See, are you like my wife can't do a 20 minute nap. She has to do like a 60 minute, 40, like 90 yeah. minute nap. I can do I can I can shut my eyes for 20 minutes and I'm good. I can do it all. I can do it all. I can you're a nap. You're a napping versatile but the, napper. Huh? Somebody told me that the nap. I mean, the uh, sleep specialists recommend you do thirty, or you do an hour thirty. You don't do an hour. It's something about you. You know the the cycle in yeah, the middle of the yeah. You, it, so you don't I mean, wake up sense. groggy. That but makes I, sense. I feel like I'm like an hour is like my mark. I'm like that's. See, I can do I can do twenty to thirty, and I'm good. I just need that your brain shuts off for a second, then I'm ready to attack. Twenty's not enough. I don't. Sometimes that's all you can get, though. Doc. Uh, true. I mean, the power nappers. I give them respect for doing it. I just respect. Na- I re- I respect people that are willing to just, as an adult, be like, I need a nap. I'm a full fledged napper, though. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why me and you always room on road. I'm a classic napper. That's classic what we are. nappers nap a long time if they can. There's no question about that. So we have an unbelievable amount of questions came in. Shouts out to everybody that that participated. Facebook, Twitter, email, a bunch of awesome questions. Yeah, you can tell a great way to get the snapshot of people's mood and and kind of the the vibe of of where people are at is kind of what the the line of questioning is, the questions are like. A lot of Husker football, a lot of serious Husker football. We'll get into that. We got some silly ones to get into at the end. We wanted to save those so we can get get a little a little buzz before you have the this stupid is, questions. Are we gonna? Do we need to show the poor every week, or do you think we can come in hot? You know, I, I don't. I mean, I think, with a couple glasses down. Uh, I think I, people kind of want to see the. See I think the they want to see it from beginning to end. Or maybe we do a bottle, and then this will be the second. Maybe line. we do the pre-show. This is the pre. I mean, they do a pre-game show before the game. Do we need to do a? a, a yeah, we used a, to. We used to do pre-game. In, <laughs> yeah, in college. We need to do before we got to the bars. We weren't it, going to the bars. No, you know, on, sober. Yeah. zero. Have Might another well catering. Seventh grade dance. Crazy. You know? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh. Okay, a couple of orders of business. You came in. I can tell you came in, and you had a lot. Like I can read you. It's got a lot on your test right now on a lot of different things with Husker football, with different stuff going on. Uh, I mean, do you because uh, we're, we're now what are we two days removed from the game? Yeah, it, it, it's been an interesting couple of days here. I mean, I don't know how many conversations you've had with just like people around, you know, on the street. Um, I bet you I've had five to 10, just random, just chatting with people either, you know, what I work with or um, just on the street. And man, I mean, people are at it's a, bleak. It's a weird place right now. It's bleak out there. And I, I guess I'm not quite uh, to the place that everybody else is. And I, I guess I wonder why that is. Why is everybody so in the, in the, like the, doom and gloom that it's like it's over tight it's like it's almost like nebraska football as a um institution is gone it's right like it's very it's very deep and dark what, what's weird is it was i think it was damon asked sam McEwen this question on the radio and it was a very it was a perfectly worded question of it's weird how everybody is kind of the reaction has been seen you know even frosted same movie seen this all before but yet everyone's reacting like they've never seen this before. Does that make sense? Which is kind of a weird thing like to, to kind of add up or kind of line up there. And I think 
I'd imagine it's because a lot of people just assumed there's been this assumption that it was going to be better and you hoped it would be better. And you, and some people, I know you talked yourself into it being better. And at least for one game, it wasn't maybe that's, but, but it's still, it's like, there's 11 games left. There's 11 games left. And and, I mean, I watched the game. It, It wasn't as if we didn't have a chance to beat Illinois. It's like, we made some terrible mistakes and gave away a game. I think those are still different things to me. Like if you are the team that should win, um, it doesn't excuse your bad performance, but it's still like you're not the team that shouldn't win. Right. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. when we play Oklahoma, we shouldn't win. Right. But we should win against more teams than not. And that tells me that like we're still not it's not doom and gloom yet if you're still the team that's like favored to win. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yeah. I guess I mean, at least to a Husker fan who maybe uh, and I I could be just like way too much of a homer, but I still think if that's the case, then you can still you can make the improvements. I'm just I not, don't know. I'm just not ready to. I know we use the word obituary many times. I'm just not ready to go there yet. I think it's a mistake to go there. I mean, even on, you know, you listen to the Yahoo sports guys, Pete Thamel, Dan Wessel, Pat Forty, they they started their podcast first 10 minutes just trashing Nebraska and then ended the conversation throwing out candidates for who the next coach is going to be. And it's like, whoa, what that that just feels I, I think I it, mean I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not naive to the the situation, but but even even Still, I, I'm not ready to start being like, who's the next guy? Whoa. I, I think as a, you know, as a fan base, because that's what we are. We're all fans here talking about Husker football. And I think it's such a mistake to to not try to to defend the program and, and keep, you know, what we said we want to do is, you know, give somebody time finally. And I think it's such a mistake to fall into the trap of, you know, restart the clock again, like this weird thing that we always do and say, we're not going to do it. And then we do it again. Like, that's what we're doing. Like we're overreacting and not letting something play out. Well, I, I agree with that now. Yeah. Like, let's say you get into November and it's been like, th- then, then yeah. if you want to go there, that makes a little more sense to me. I just think to go there now feels way premature it does and i think there's two like letting it go through the year is letting it play out but i think at the same time i think when everybody is like all they're talking about is fire 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 you can't it affects things it affects what happens and it absolutely does and that's the part where i go if you're a husker fan and you say you want to play it out like you, then you should try to be supportive in a way, right? Like it's, I think it's like almost like a duty thing. Like it's your duty to try to be supportive and root for the program, show up to games. And you know, like I, that's the part I, I never understood is like, I'm just done with what Mike, I, I think I saw, it was like Adrian Martinez said something in the paper. He said like, you know, we're going to go out there and have fun. We hope people come out, watch us. It's foot like it's football, right? It's fun. It's football. Like I think they're, they're missing something about like, they're taking it too personal where it's like, it's, f- it's fun. It's football. Like you don't have to make it w- something that's, that it's not. Or sure. Whatever. I yeah. I, it's just, a, it's everybody's in a weird state of mind. And there are a couple of things I wanted to hit on before. I mean, <laughs> so far we haven't even gotten into one mailbag question here. 15 we'll minutes get there. there. We'll hey. get there. Uh, 
This is good, huh? God, that's good. Wine. Real, real quick, though, a couple of things. We don't need to go for, for forever on this. The whole, I, I'm sure you read the quote because it's it's flabbergasted a lot of people, including me to a certain extent. The whole thing with Frost talking about how he, he mentioned after the game how we guessed they were going to be in an odd front and they came out in an even front and it yeah. and it wiped out half our playbook. That just seemed, we hit on a little bit on the recap pod, but when you hear him, when, were you surprised to hear him say it wiped out half the playbook? And maybe mm-hmm. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, you know, but that also just seems kind of like, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, that makes sense if they were expecting one thing and they had prepared to like the, okay, you got to throw out everything that you kind of thought it was, and here's the backup. Plan, but but right? my thing is, so all those plays that were four and and an odd front, you they're not, you can't. I guess I'm just surprised that there there are plays that you cannot, you don't know how to block or what to do. I think like I think it's just a little bit different than I, I remember. Like uh, if you if you think back to high school, it was like you had a play and you had rules, and they come out and didn't matter what what the defense was in. You're like, well, let's just, Oh yeah. This is, yeah. You, you had your sort of rules and, but you only had 10 plays or something. You know? yeah. So, but I think it's a little different w- with, with their offense in the sense of, you know, it's a, they're in a bad, they're not in a good situation. Like they don't want to run into a bad situation potentially. Right. Versus like, I think they have the plays they like versus each front. And, they don't work as well. Like, so it's not that they can't run them. Right. It's just like, they feel like it's a bad play. Yeah. Is that, I, mean, I guess that's the part that it, it makes sense to me. It's like, well, yeah, you have the plays you like and the ones you don't. It doesn't mean you technically can't run it. You can. Right. You just don't want to. I, I've had this like dueling thing in my mind of like succumbing to the, like, you gotta be kidding me. Is this guy a joke? But then I'm also like, but see, I this mean, is, this like, is the part where frost is like, he was trying to be, like the Bill Belichick in last week, we give him nothing. Right. And then he went back to giving them something. And when you're losing, they take that as this guy, you don't know, know what, what you're doing. doing. And, all, yeah. and that's where it's like, now it's like, well, don't say anything. Right. right. So I, I give people a lot of grace in these moments. I always just say, look, I know you probably didn't mean it in a way like the people are taking it. So I don't overreact to that. Stuff. Okay. Uh, did you see today? Because there was a little bit of concern of like, is the, is the sellout street going to continue? Is it going to continue? A couple of of donors bought up. I think it was twenty four hundred tickets. So the sellout streak lives for another day. What I don't know if you and I have ever really like. Do you care about the sellout streak? What do yeah. you think about the sellout streak? Uh, I care about it. I, I think it's it's cool. I mean, it, it's um, it's not like the end all be all, but like. It's cool. You can say that we've been doing something for generations and right. nobody else can say that. And um, I mean, what a, I think it's so smart. They, they buy up the tickets and they give them to underprivileged youth. So it's like, who's going to complain about it? That's, you? That's a Are you going to complain? Because I want a great move. Because you want to go, <laughs> oh, that's BS, a way to fib the sellout streak. But it's, it's going to teach, it's going to show these kids that they can be Husker fans. They're going to give these. Yeah. Acts. I mean, yeah. It's great. Right. I mean, hey, to me, it's like we're buying time to win some games finally. And then, like, the streak will continue on its own. But right. it's been a weird couple of years. Let's yeah. Be it's been a freaking weird couple. My analogy for the sellout streak has been 
it's I can understand why there's a lot of people that hold on to this sellout streak hard because it's kind of the only it's the last living thing that that combines the past to the present. Yeah, that's good. That's a good. And it's that that's hard to let go. And my analogy was when Hanks and Castaway gets he 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 gets on the boat to leave the island and he has that moment where he takes us he he stands up and he looks back at the island yeah. and it's starting to fade away and he almost gets emotional because it's hard it's hard to let go of that yeah but sometimes you got to let go of it and so i don't know i mean i think the sellout streak is cool i think we all know anybody that's been in the stadium knows that there it's not been a complete sellout for a while um, it's kind of a sellout yeah. streak by technicality, but nevertheless, it's still their tickets sold. That's what it's really about. But I was, I was really worried that it was going to, it was going to be done this weekend. And it's, yeah. it's not, I mean, the, with the pandemic, um, with some of the just apathy setting in, like it was a perfect storm and for perfect storm. Yeah. I mean, shitty game after the loss, after a bad loss, People are lo- there's a lot of angst around the program. COVID, new new mask stuff with yeah. the stadium. That's a lot of stuff working against you for sure. And, and I this is the part that you throw all that stuff out the door, all of it. The generation coming up, Nick. So the generation that's dying out, that's in their 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or whatever. They were Husker glory years forever, right? Oh, yeah. Truly, like, they they lived it. The generation coming up, they didn't get the the Husker glo- like glory years. People younger than us. And even people our age, like, you just don't think about buying tickets the same way. Like, or you know, like, you want to go. I want to go. I go every uh, every week. But, you know, to pay a, a big chunk of money, that's the part that gets a lot harder. Totally. Um, and parking and like, it's, it's a big D de- it's, it's a big all commitment. commitment. And I think a, a, a good chunk of people under 30, they don't understand it. Cause they got so many other options. Right. The people that grew up were like, what were you else were you going to do in the weekend? Right. Right. And well, somebody said it was the only way to see the game too. You couldn't see the, the game. Only, imagine you, the only way you got to see Nebraska play was you had to go to the game. Yeah. Obviously that's not the case anymore. So that, that, that Nick, you just, there's a, there's a, there's infinite possibilities for what you can do with your time. now. Oh yeah. And I, it just wasn't that way. So yeah, you, you couldn't see the game. You didn't have as many things to do. And you know, like I said, it was, it was the glory time, the glory years, right? And now it's just different. Like you have, we're not in the, the glory years right now. We're in a down cycle hoping to come out now to be well the, and the, with just the, there's an infinite distraction i'm not i i think one of the i'm curious to see what attendance looks like in 10 to 15 years across the board not just for nebraska football i just think that's what i mean yeah like, like this isn't all uh, all teams all sports all teams all sports this isn't just we're talking about nebraska football this isn't just a nebraska football conversation though like it it goes beyond that like i don't care if you're ohio state i don't care if you're michigan i don't care if you're Alabama, like it, if you're like the top school in the country, like you'll be able to sell tickets. But if you're not in the top five, like it's this next generation is just different. It is. It, they just don't think about the same way. And so like, it's going to be the, the big discussion was like, do all these stadiums that are 70, 80, 90,000, like ours, you go down to 50, right? So if you go from 90 to 60 or 50, like, 
we'll sell out just fine. Like we'll have plenty of people that I think that's probably the right thing to do, to be honest with you. Well, it was so like we spent the whole two thousands expand, building, expand, building, expand, building, expand, building, expand, you know, and then in a, in a blink, the way we think changes. And well, think of right now, if all of a sudden you had to build a stadium, like you, you just had an empty plot of land, you're building Nebraska football's new Memorial stadium. The capacity would not be 90 to 85, 90, 95,000. And it's interactive. It's got, it's got the restaurants. students are on your ass. You yeah. got alcohol, in alcohol, there. you yeah. got some restaurants totally. and you got some things that make it fun uh, outside of just the game. But like, yeah, I would, uh, the other thing I would do, I would sell out to making parking and like flow around the stadium. Easy. I think I'd have a place called uh, <laughs> tailgate land. I mean, seriously though, where, it's just like the ultimate, like, I think you build a place. It's like, this is the ultimate tailgate. And I just, I think you, you, you build that area and you build, you get enough people together, enough city planners, enough smart people to develop the perfect yeah. traffic flow of the how flow, things move. Cause if the, I know I'm not, everybody hate, I've got to wear like parking will, will keep my ass at home. Like if something parking, waiting, walk it, like I have gotten lazy with that stuff. And if I know something's going to be simple, and relatively quick and relatively fast that's that will be like okay i'll go i mean we were we've been lucky enough that we've had a great tailgate spot for, it was, mm-hmm. it's one of our family friends yes. spots and they've always let us have, have one a beer of them or two and, yeah yeah and so we have a parking spot there that we get to go to and um it's caddy corner from the stadium yeah and it made a huge difference but you got to get there early i absolutely love it but we got you know a good spot and like it I guess it gets it gets harder, like you say, when you haven't established no something with people you know. Um, but I, I think our generation would be is is really going to miss out if we don't, especially in our, our generation, the one younger. Because I think our generation's still in. I think it's the generation just below us and below that that are like they're gonna they're gonna miss this. I know, and uh, I know. it's just too bad. Too bad they haven't got to experience it quite the same before before we go into the questions um the other thing I, I don't remember did you i saw there was some little nugget coming out of the monday practice that they stopped playing music at practice did you guys listen to me that's a new you know there's certain things new. like that that i the music at practice thing did not i think came around maybe three four five years after i was done playing yeah i'm trying to remember i think um like even the pros did you have it the first time I had it was in the pros. I okay. was at Cleveland and they played music. They played rock steady. They played, they played rock. The- I told you about that, didn't I? <laughs> they played rock steady and everybody was dancing in line. I was like, this is great. I mean, but I the had whispers was, rock steady. The whispers. <laughs> Got a rock steady. Rock and steady. And we were all dancing. Oh. And uh, that was the first time we ever, I was like, this is amazing. But it was only during warm-ups. Like, we warmed up. Right. Like, practice warm-ups. And then it was off during the... I mean, you didn't all practice long, like, have, like... That's why I don't know. Are they playing Are they playing music, like, the whole practice? I think a lot of it. That, I mean, like, I, you know, you don't want to be you know, Johnny No Fun. But at the same time, like... I, I don't. I, I want to say the, uh, the so the first time we incorporated sound ever was the Hawk Center. Yep. Callahan put in the speakers and made like blaring crowd noise. That was the first time we used. So like, there was a purpose for it yeah. for the game. But Nick, before that, like for 
Football forever, nobody did that. No. That was the first time we were able to do that. And it was kind of bizarre. We're like, what is going on? You know, it's yeah. weird. But yeah, now I think it's the norm. Uh, and I think here's the issue. Like, it's kind of, it's, I've heard workout dudes say this. Like, the like serious workout guys, they won't put in, I, you know, their, their, their iPods, or whatever, yeah. their earbuds, and um, they don't want to listen to music because they think it's a crutch. Yeah. It's like a weird mental thing, right? They want to be as, as tough mentally as possible so they don't listen to music. I think that's almost what's happening in Nebraska. You're like, hey, no crutches at all. You're getting the silent treatment. Like, well, I think bring your I, own energy. I know you got to bring your own energy. There's something to that. Yeah. I mean, now the, the counter argument is like, well, music gets people energized and it's still energy regardless of yeah. where it comes from. But at the same time, there is something to like one of the things that I felt like my role was every level of sport I played from playing with you, it, basketball growing up, Lincoln Southeast football, basketball, even at Kansas Creighton was like, I was the energy giver. I remember Coach Self would talk to me about that. He would be like, get him going. Yeah. I had to be the guy that come into, I'd have to come into practice, you know, bouncing, hitting yeah. guys, talking to guys, getting them up. Honestly, like the music would have like replaced me in some ways, you know? It, yes, yes and no. Yes, it, it, it kind of, uh, it's like, say it's a crutch. Um, and in a way, yeah, it, like it takes away from the interact. Like, I think the there's something to the other thing, too, is it, 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 it takes away from the, the player to player connection, bond, communication of like, you got to talk, you got to, yeah. you do got to get each other up, you do got to communicate. Yeah. You know, you can't just be dancing to rock steady and that's it. You know, like you do got to kind of talk to each other and get each other going and connect. Yeah. So I understand all that. I mean, maybe we're like, we're lame, but I, under, I saw that. And I thought that was no, interesting. I, and I, I think, it, I think it's like, it's, it's a psychological thing. Yes. So I kind of, I kind of understand it. Um, because there's, a, there's a line like there's, yeah. it's, you, you do want to get, you got to bring energy and you got to get the energy up, but we're not, this isn't dick around and dance to music and listen to music time. You know what I mean? I, I think here's here's the 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 truth of it, and let's be let's be real. When you play the music, a lot of times it does like lend itself to dicking around. It I does. It I does. know. I know. I would be. I would kind of yes fall trapped to that. But um, I think it's a. I, well, actually, I, I kind of like what they're doing. Is like, look, this is their issue is mindset. Yeah. It's like they've got a they've got a hurdle they got to overcome with this like. We can't figure out how to get out of our own way. So they need to try some things. I agree. I'm fine with it. Like, so you, am I. Hey, you turn off the music, like do some things, but we got to learn how to win games that are winnable, like the last game, and not beat ourselves. Right. And maybe that's stupid little things like turn off music. Go. You might it. as well try what, whatever, whatever you're doing. You know, you maybe need to examine what you're doing and be like, okay, maybe music. We need to, we need to look at that. Okay. You ready to do this thing? This I mean, wine oh, I told you. Pau Gasol. Shouts out to Pau Gasol with this wine here. I mean, goodness. Ricky, are you going to do it? Okay. This Ricky, this is Ricky Rubio brand here. Oh, boy. Okay. Hook your boy up. A uh, couple of Facebook questions to get things started. Uh, Brett Altman, former offensive lineman, Night Pride. Shouts out there to Brett. Uh, this is probably for you. Bo, how'd the call with Frank go? We talked about reversing the curse on the last uh, <laughs> on, on the last recap pod. Do you, have you have you called Frank? We got a lot of people. I have multiple people like, okay, where and when is the first reverse the curse meeting? Like this, 
I was sometimes you never know if something's gonna like if people are gonna be a big fan of this or not. That's fine. Who cares? I spilled. We spilled. That's okay. Uh, it's hard. That can be tricky. But who cares? I, you never know if people are going to respond to it. People have liked this. I feel, I feel like truthfully, people want to hold like an event, get Frank back, and find, and and have like an official event where Frank Nick. We it was weird because we like we it, we did not plan that. We literally just it came out of the blue, and I think. After the pod was over, we we're like, I think that reverse the curse is something we really need to look into. Like, yeah. you know, in a weird um, tongue in cheek kind of a way, yeah, but, but not at in the same a weird time. way. I feel like everybody would kind of understand, because if you've been through 20 years of this, of the last 20 years of Nebraska football, you know that it feels kind of extraordinarily how bad things have gone in big moments, yeah. the big games in the big moments. Where it went right for 40 years, we sort of just like, man, everything finds a way to go wrong. And we don't have good a good explanation. Other so than we're, we're gonna blame it on the curse. Do you know what? Well, and the 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 freaking Boston Red Sox, they got out of their curse by acknowledging it. They acknowledged right. it, and the curse did get reversed. If you I sometimes like to think about it like 500 years from now, some some archaeologists are like digging through and they find some Nebraska football, find hieroglyphics and you're looking through <laughs> stuff. You would they would look at this 40 year period and then they would go, what happened in 2004? 2004. It, lo- it appears something changed. It, what happened that year? There's a ghost. Asteroid <laughs> hit. Did asteroid hit in dinosaur and Frank Solich. We can only speculate. Frank Solich <laughs> must have been a exploding volcano. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Frank Solich. <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a global warming in 2004, and Nebraska football could not win again. <laughs> Oh, they find uh, they find a mummy, a mummified like Callahan underneath your <laughs> Looks like Han Solo and uh, yeah. <laughs> but but you would trace everything to that moment where it went wrong. They go, what happened in two thousand? What happened in two thousand four? Asteroid, global warming. <laughs> what what happened? You know, and uh, so I think we all need to acknowledge it. So yeah, <laughs> asteroid. Is Frank Solich? <laughs> is Frank Solich a volcano? <laughs> we studied their language. Frank Solich is, must be volcano. What happened to Nebraska? What that, why do they talk like this? Because it must they, have been a super. <laughs> okay, talking about exploding volcano. Paul on Facebook says, "Bo, do you have a favorite Frank Solich story?" Could be be recruited by him the, the wow. 2003 season. <laughs> when did you talk to this exploding when Frank, volcano? When Frank became the exploding when he, volcano. When he was in the current form of coach before volcano. Oh, yeah. uh, I think if I had Sweating to put a, I think the wine officially hit us a little oh, bit. Yeah, that's good wine. <laughs> that's so good, though. I mean, Nick, that's so good. In the future, when they dig, 
when they dig up Nebraska football, so somebody digs out where they can dig out Memorial Stadium and just it's a scroll, one scroll, and it's like what do they call it? papyrus. Papaya. They got papyrus. And it's hieroglyphics. It's like different things, and they're like, "Who? What happened here? What happened? Frank Solich. Who is this Solich? Who is this Frank Solich? Why did he? What Why happened? did he go away? When he left, everything changed." Okay, sorry, okay. but okay. Favorite Frank story. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Favorite Frank story, probably my... When you committed? When I committed, yeah. I think I told it on the pod before, but like the one that always stands out to me was that because you know I was a stupid. I was a coming out my sophomore yeah. year, and I went to I went to Husker football camp, which was a big deal at the time, and like it was like full padded, but like you test, yeah, you do it all, like you play, you practice, and um, I had a great camp. I really had it like I, the best I had played. Uh, up to that point, probably my life was in a camp. I was oh, really nice. Really, yeah, I really was had a great camp. And but I was just, you know, 16. I wasn't thinking about anything besides like, wow, this is great. Now I'm going home. And right, right, right. And it was the last day of camp. And Frank walks up to me in stretching lines and he like, pulls me up and he says, Pulls you to this office. No, he just, he just pulls me out there right in the field. And he says, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, you had a great <laughs> camp and uh, we went off you a scholarship and I was just like, you know, I was like shocked, but I just said, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and apparently nobody does that. No one takes it on the spot. Nobody takes it. Everybody says, Thank you. I gotta go get with my video people and my Instagram people before I, I got some videos to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like he, he he was even taken aback by he's like, I'll take it. And he's like, Do you want to go talk to your dad or discuss no. it? I was like, I go, No, I want it. And I was I cut I was like, I can't believe I'm getting a scholarship. You, 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 I bet right Couldn't now believe it. there's no way if we could ever get talk to Frank, you had to have been the easiest recruit of, of all time. You didn't have to recruit me. I was the easiest recruit in history. I bet a lot of teams. Now it was so early. A lot of teams probably didn't give a ch- had a ch- have a chance to even like recruit you. Yeah. But think about like I bet all these other schools went. Okay, hold on. His dad. They. I, I got uncle, letters. I got letters. Like people <laughs> knew not to waste their time because that's and, big. People go. People. That's big for coaches. They don't want to waste their time on a kid that you got no chance of. And, I, and like now that I see like. I see my brother having to recruit and I see like how much work it is and how much like you pour into these relationships. And then they just like, eh, nah, nah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go, man, like 
I'm actually very happy that I didn't make uh, like a coach like once every few months would call and I'd be like, don't waste your t- just go recruit somebody else. Right. I'm coming. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I was just that's so, great though. So, so straight happy up to have a, a scholarship offer. I was right. Like, great. Yeah. I'm in. Do you remember what you, you came home, did you call your dad immediately? Like, do you remember, I, I remember I talking called, to you, we were at the snack bar eating chicken strips and you told me, I mean, were you like, are you kidding me? I mean, I, yeah, I was, we, we weren't even like, we barely played football the year before for Southeast. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was weird, but we just went to the ninth grade dance a couple of years ago. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think I called my dad and I, you know, he was like, he was like, wow, really? Like that's exciting though. But yeah. I, yeah, that's the easiest. Has to be the easiest recruiting story in the history of. Yeah. of for, I was the earliest. Frank I was the earliest recruit I, ever. Is that still? I think Cam Jurgens might be the earliest. Cam gotcha. I think he might have. Wow. So did he like during his sophomore year? It would maybe have to be during his sophomore year because I was just after my sophomore. Year. You'd have been in June of June two thousand two thousand one, maybe. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um. Yeah. Andy on Twitter says, after doing the Husker Husker Classic recap pods, what one defining trait from the program in the past, in your opinion, would best translate to today and help turn all these close losses into wins, assuming the current team could adopt that one trait? To me, I, the first thing I wrote down was special teams. What You you give me I, I shit thought, every I thought special pod. teams, too. Okay, but, you, but I guess there are a lot of things you watch with these old games, and if you haven't gone back and listened to these Husker Classic recap pods. I'm so I hope when they're digging it out, they're like, what these Rick Husker Classic recap? <laughs> why he love punters so what, much. Why he love Darren Erstad? Wow. But why he talk about kickers so Why he often. loved him so much. He gave player game to punter. But, <laughs> but honestly, every one of my players of the game is like the what punter. What country are these people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm always there's a lot of things you you watch with these old games and you go, man, they were good in the D line. They were good in the O line. Uh, the the play calling situation was really good, whatever. But I'm, I'm not so sure something that does hasn't also jumped out of me that I maybe wasn't expecting it to is the special teams. Just yeah. how seemingly every game Nebraska wins the special teams field position battle and they loom large in a lot of these games and to me, I know that's a convenient thing because right now special teams is struggling so much, yeah. but it's the honest to God's truth of like when I watch the the best of the best of, of Husker history, their special teams, man, were on point. That's the, that's that was absolutely the case is like we'd watch these Husker classic games, you know, 93 Florida State, 94 Miami, um, 97 Missouri, 2001 yeah, Oklahoma, 94 Colorado, 94 Colorado, and, like Every time we're blown away by the special teams. Yes. It's like, especially the punting. The The punting punting is is incredible. I mean, the field goal kicking's like fine, fine. But the punt game is always immaculate. It's like pinning people inside, turning over the field. It's never a concern. Um, and we usually had some good kickoff teams, good kickoff. Like we've always the returners had some Dewan gross. Damon yeah. had some wiggle to him. Like Dewan, Dewan gross. gross. I'm ready watch to Dewan gross. Shoot. You just go. That's uh, that, that can be your offense. Oh, 
I love me some Dewan Gross. So I would say, but you with me? Are you with me on that? I'd say special teams first, and then I don't know. Take turn, can turnovers be a category? I don't know. probably. I mean. Yeah, I think that's the main one because there's also this element of like anytime there was that big play, they made it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. but that's I mean, that's a little harder to kind of quantify. At Mr. Bill on Twitter says, how frustrating is it when you work on something all week long and then when it comes to game time for some players, it just doesn't happen between the ears. Is that probably talking about Cam Taylor Britt? Or is that talking about? Uh, yeah, just about. I mean, I'm sure ever. I'd I'd have to imagine it kind of applies to a lot of I think, different. I think I'll I'll take the you work on something all week. I'd say this: they worked on special teams. Uh, they worked their butts off on special teams all spring and all fall. I mean, they've really worked on it, and they laid a freaking egg with yeah. special teams. That has got to be like. That of of all things might be the most demoralizing is they they biff a couple kicks they you know the, obviously the Cam Taylor Britt on the the inch yard line and it's like you're those are the things you just go uh, it's so demoralizing I think especially in the moment where you think about all the work you put in so yeah. hopefully they can bounce back from that but man Nick I know they worked hard of, on uh, it. yeah like, like not like no joke. They were working way harder than the average team because they're like, this is one thing we're going to do well. And they laid a freaking egg still. Let me ask you a question because some people have, have talked about this and it's real, but it also, I want to get your, where your mind was with stuff. They've talked to, some people have talked about like, so working on special teams and then you go out, you, you lay an egg and how the players need to gain confidence in this coaching staff that like what they're teaching them can translate to success on the field. And while I agree like that, just that premise, it's hard to disagree with, but I also, and maybe it's because I was maybe, maybe this is just me, but when, if coach Altman or Bill self or Chuck Mazursky or Jeff Smith, whoever preached something and then it didn't work in a game. I didn't turn around and go, you didn't, you, this is your fault, Bill Self, Dane Altman. I blamed me. I blamed us. And maybe that's because I, they, I don't know. I, does that make sense? Like, but, but, I think we painted Connor, like these Cam Taylor Brits, like, it, like they didn't teach. No, you, like, like Cam Taylor Britt is feeling it on him. I, yeah. I think that's like the, the misconception is like, I think people like want to paint that out as like, that's a, coaching error like the, the reality is like can Taylor Britt feels awful he's a great player he wasn't coached to do that he wasn't coached to do that he made a mistake uh and that's unfortunate Connor Culp all big 10 kicker he feels terrible he missed two extra points but like that's on the players like at some point I think what you're saying is like the players are responsible for doing the things they know they should do yeah like I, those aren't those are th- extra points and catching the ball inside the 10 that's High school stuff. That's grade school stuff. I was thinking about this side note, though. I was thinking about this. I don't remember ever missing an extra point in high school. Do you ever remember us missing an extra? Now we weren't the. I was the holder. It's not like we were. But I'm just saying. I don't remember. Not that I remember. I don't remember it. But that just goes to show you how elementary it is. Nick, two in a game is 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 crazy. It's it's. I mean, you look at statistics. It's a like you don't see that almost ever. No. So. And maybe I'm sounding hypocritical here because there are times where, you know, 
I, I can remember certain times, like we played Michigan State my freshman year, one of the first big games when I was playing. I sat on the bench the whole game, but I was a freshman at Kansas. But like, I remember that was the first, like, we're installing the game plan. It's like, this is fucking Michigan State. There's Tom Izzo. Allen Fieldhouse is rocking. Coach Self, you know, we got this plan. We're going to trap the post. We're going to do this, whatever. And then it works and we win. And yeah, your your belief in the staff increases when that's the case. Yeah. But so I think that can be true. And while someone would say, well, if that is true, the opposite can be true. And I guess what I struggle with is I, I guess most athletes, if they're worth a darn, blame themselves before they're going to blame a, a, a coaching practice regimen. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, to, to Mr. Bill's question about like how frustrating is it to, it, it's frustrating, but I think it's more frustrating internally than it is like anything uh, else. Nick, Cam Taylor Britt, like that guy's a legitimate NFL yeah. prospect and he's, he's pissed off at himself because now he looks better. I mean, he was, I think a little bit, a little rattled maybe the rest of the game. Like he needs to like, hopefully he gets over this and gets back to like playing confident. Like I, like, I, I hope he's our punt returner and I hope he, yeah, I hope they don't just well, write I, him off. He, he's been, he was, but out he's, there. he been, but Nick, he, he took first team reps this week, which tells you like, right. That, which I think is the right move. Like confidence. We want you to play. We want you because we need a playmaker back there. But you know, like guy like that, like, you don't want to lose confidence. You don't want to lose confidence that you're a freaking the freaking dude. Like he was, he went into like the reason why he probably went and got that ball. It's not because he was underconfident. It's because he was yeah, overconfident. No question. Like he wants to be the guy, and I I would rather a guy that wants to be the guy than a guy that's scared to make a play. Totally so agree. That's where we we want to balance to like, hey, like be smart, but the guys that can do it, we need to be out there doing it. This next question, I'm going to kind of DV. I'm, I want to take it somewhere because I, I think it's interesting. But Jeff, as apparently people want to talk to you today. He goes, Bo, what is your take on on the seemingly undisciplined play for the, of the Huskers over the past few years? Penalties, mental mistakes, lack of discipline, execution. Statistically, it doesn't seem to be improving. Please share what your Husker and NFL coaches and teammates did in practice to build the confidence and improve the execution that is the key to eliminating uh, the present issues. Do you have any quick answer on that? Because I have something I want to... I tell you, I'll tell you, the New England Patriots, what they did, penalty... Belichick would yell, take a lap. You're out. You run around the field. I don't know that. Um, I mean, you harp on execution. You harp on discipline. Um, and you can pull guys out if they don't play. But, I mean, in the end, it's like, I think it's a little bit harder like when you, I think it was maybe Dirk that said something like this. It's like when you aren't a dominant physical player, you're more apt to make mistakes and penalties. And I think we're still in that. Like we're 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 trying to get past that. Yeah, where's that line of where's the line of like of mental and physical leading to yeah. penalties or mistakes? Yeah, like if you're a six seven three hundred forty pound first round draft pick tackle, it's easy to not hold. You don't have to hold right because you're just big and. But like when you're not quite strong enough, and they're stronger than you and faster than you, you hold more. So 
I think there's a line. We're getting bigger and faster and stronger and more talented, but I don't know that we're quite there yet, uh, skill wise and strength wise. And like, so I, I think it's, it's some of it you practice it, practice, and some of it is like, who's better? Totally agree. To, and that's pretty much my answer. But I have like, I do think there's something to, uh, you talk about Belichick doing the lap thing. I remember vividly, we lost to Iowa State on Big Monday at Kansas. And Coach Self said, tomorrow, 6 a.m., we're putting, remember, as you can have four hours a day. It was yeah. a four-hour rule. He goes, we're going to put four hours on the clock. And we're not leaving until it's all zeros. And you're like, fuck. And then also we walk in there and we see there's two treadmills being wheel, wheeled in on the sideline. And any time, missed blockout, turnover, missed assignment, didn't screen, whatever. It was you'd go over to the treadmill and they'd have it on like 10, 12 miles per hour. And you had to, you know, sprint for, they said a minute, but they, I mean, they did it till your ass almost fell off it. And so that'll, that'll make you shape up on a variety of levels. Cause number one, you don't want to go to that treadmill and sprint. Number two, you don't want to wake up at 6 a.m. and practice for four hours. I'll tell you what, man. So, I, I, I so like I that. I like that. Nick, I don't know. Do kids, I don't know. How like, do kids handle that today? I don't know. And I don't know if do people do that nowadays. I feel like you can't go there as much as you used to. Because I remember talking to Jeremy Case. We know Jeremy. Who, you know, Jeremy's now in a full-time assistant at Kansas. Just got yeah. hired. Full-time assistant. He was their video coordinator. He's full. I played with Jeremy at KU. But I, I called a couple of Kansas games last year, and, and we were talking. Jeremy's like, man, coach, coach is gone soft. They don't, like, they don't do what we, <laughs> we used to do. And maybe there's just... Every year, it gets a little harder to be like that. Nick, when you can but, transfer, when you can transfer at the drop of a dime, and you don't have to sit out, and I just think it, it makes it it puts way more of the power in the players' hands, and the coaches have to walk a finer line. It's hard to coach hard now. And so, in the before we played. I feel like this is like people give me shit that all I do is tell stories about at Kansas, but it's like, I mean, I played for a Hall of Fame coach and it's, but it's, there's a lot of things that are, I'm going to land the plane Roy, here. Roy and Bill Self. I mean, yeah, I mean, Dana, but, Dana's Dana, but like, and Dana's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, you know, but, but like but those years at Kansas were amazing. We're transformative, years. you know, like, but the other thing was even he, Coach Self didn't like the way we were rebounding and he thought we were soft. He always thought we were soft. That's his big thing. Like the number one thing people talk about, like he, he demands toughness. Like he's, love you would soft. love, you actually, you would, you and Bill self like see the world very similar. No, yeah, you two need to get together and hang out a lot because of soft you guys people out saw, there. Yeah, that's his whole thing. A lot of people soft. need to get hard. So soft. I love it. But we were going to play Georgia Tech, Jarrett Jack, and those guys on New Year's Day, and they were a pretty physical team. And he kicked us out of practice and said, "Come back tonight at like seven. We're going to practice like men." We come back into to the practice facility and we have shoulder pads and helmets on the baseline says put a put a help put a shoulder pads on a helmet on we did rebound four on four basically just like crack skulls i was amazed you've told me this before but i was amazed at that story because i've never heard of basketball players putting on pads and like smashing heads smashing each other for for an hour and a half i'm talking just we put the the they put the little like plug like in the rim so yeah. the ball couldn't go and coach self would just shoot it and it would come off at four on four you smashing dudes. I, I just like Nick. I'm trying to imagine 2021 
college <laughs> basketball college basketball players these trying to do that toothpick dudes right doing that drill right now right and like actually going all out when people people are hitting each other i feel like i just i can't even i know them. i don't know but i get i bring that up as another another like okay when you get in the game and that shot goes up better find a body and bo- and and yeah. box out there are things that stick in your mind right, right? those the, what that did didn't like it didn't actually teach your body anything it taught your mind something it taught your mind that like it just hardened something in there where like it, it set a tone where we understand we get what you're trying to say not only do you get it but you also go i don't want to do that again yes so well, i guess what i'm getting at is how my co- i can only speak to my coaches coach altman coach self the way they tried to deter and eliminate and instill an environment where you didn't make mistakes was a little bit of fear, a little bit of like, you don't want to, we don't want to do hardest shit drills for four hours. We don't want to do it. So there's a little bit of that, but here's the thing that's so interesting to me. When we think about Nebraska football's program now, how there's Jeff's question, what there's a lot of undisciplined, blah, 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 blah. The thing that's so interesting to me is how you can you you go okay well what's happening on in practice to for players to be held accountable but then you think about Xavier Betts and Sevion Morrison not getting on the field yeah. not playing because they didn't practice correct so you see what I'm saying yeah. so there's there is a there is a perfect That's example a yeah, a of line. like how they're trying to instill and coach discipline and the right way of doing things. But, but yet it still is permeating in the games. You see what I'm getting at? How there's this weird, it's, it's weird. People are criticizing them for not playing guys. Isn't that funny? And then they're like, why aren't we more disciplined? We're like, well, we're not playing the more talented guys because we're trying to like preach discipline but then that's what's funny. People yeah. want to have it both ways. They want to talk about ways. you. You, you, you got to have guys that do it the right way, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you put the guys on the field that who cares if they're not doing it the right way? It's yeah. like, well, it's kind of how it goes. So I, I, I know it's very layered and nuanced, but uh, there's a lot. There, there's a lot in that to to kind of digest and assess. I think that um, was a long answer that we gave. I know that was a super <laughs> long one. Sorry, I told I had Nick Boss story time there. Um I got, there's a couple of questions. Uh, Dutch, I can't be his name. Shouts out to your old dog, Dutch. But um, he, he based, because I had a couple people asking about, uh, you know, adjustments. What makes for good halftime adjustments? Says, I hear all the time people say Scott, a really in Nebraska coach, since Osborne doesn't adjust. What happens at halftime at either basketball or football with this? And I first will say, I think this isn't meant to, this isn't going to come off like really arrogant. I feel like there are two crutches for people that don't know how to talk about the game. They complain about the refing and they just throw out adjustments. Like when people don't, when people want to engage in a conversation about sports, but they really don't know what they're talking about. They, they go to talking about, you believe I've had the officiating one that ref. Yeah. What were they doing today? It's like, okay. Like, all right. Or it's adjustments. No, they never make any adjustments. It's like, give me one example yeah. <laughs> of one adjustment you would like to it's see. It's so hard when you're not when you're not in like the locker room behind the scenes when you haven't put in all the hours of like coming with the game plan and like 
of course they make adjustments. Like they do, like they have a game plan. They have adjustments. Now, do some people adjust better than others? Sure. Absolutely. Do some people adjust faster than others? Sure. But like to say we don't adjust, like, of course we do. Right. We do. But um, it, I think it's just, it's hard when you're not in there. I mean, even me, like you say, like, if you weren't asking me, like, what are our adjustments? Like, well, I, I don't know. Like you're not in there and go like, well, we're shifting our nose tackle out a whole nother gap and doing that, you know, like who knows? Like, I don't know. It's like, in, unless you're in there, it's, it's too hard to see. Um, it's usually not that obvious. Right. Right. No, like, well, Hey, we, we, we came out and shotgun. Then we went to power. eye all second half. Like, it's like, nobody does that. Right. I mean, I think, I think, you know, if there's something that's happening, that is clear, like whether the jet sweep in the 2012 big 10 championship game, like trying to figure out a way, but sometimes the, there is no adjustment. You just got to get it done. There's a fine line between there are times the solution lies in X's and O's. Like there's times at halftime, you need to come to your players with a solution. Like guys, we are now going to line up like this. We're now passing this guy off or we're going to, in basketball, we're now we are not going to trap the ball screens yeah. out here. Like sometimes the solution is that. Sometimes the solution is you gotta get it. You gotta get off that block, or you gotta set the edge, yeah. or you gotta hedge that screen and get back. It's usually not much. It's usually like we're we're gonna switch like how we cover something. Like right. instead of doing, um, like. Instead of doing like uh, quarters here, we're gonna cloud like where the corners pressing and the safeties deep. Like, right? Those are like little adjustments that you wouldn't even be able to see until like unless you were talking to like the coaches. But all, the the all time best halftime adjustment I've ever seen that I will stand by was Bo Pelini's first game at Nebraska. Really? Yes. This one is so vivid in my mind as a head coach or a DC. DC. And this is where Bo, Bo Pelini won the hearts and minds of, of all the Nebraska players. Uh, that offseason and that first season of his, he was so good. He was so good in every way you could imagine. But that first game, playing Oklahoma State, they're a good team. It was like, it was an important game, right? Yeah. It was like Frank was like, Brent, was Brian that Barrett's staff, scoop and score game? Barrett has scoop and score. Yeah. Um, defense played unbelievable. Yeah. But Pelini, they, like he gets it at halftime. They had, he like goes, he goes, the first thing he says is like, guys, they ran a play that was like, they're going to come back to it. He goes, they didn't complete it, but it was open. They're going to come back to it. He goes in the first series, they're going to come back to it. If they line up like this. They're going to run the back out across the field. They're coming back to it. And I swear to God in the first the first series they got the ball, they ran the exact play we we're waiting on and we killed it. And everybody was like, this guy right. gets it. Like it was a halftime adjustment where he said, right. They're not only this is what we're going to do. This is what they're going to do. And I'd never seen anybody call the shot of wow, the play. Cool. Yeah. And so that was something that always stuck with me is like, it's not just like the plays that do work against you. It's the plays that could have worked against you that didn't that the offensive coordinator goes, I'm going to circle that that. and I'm coming back after him. Wow. And that was like a next level for me where I went, Oh, okay. Right. Cause I, you know, it was a lot. I was a freshman going like trying to take it in, but Bo Pelini took himself like 
to another tier because he 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 did yeah. that. He went to the next level. There can't Whoa. be moments like that. I mean, there's no no doubt that you know. Again, I feel like we talked about getting confidence in the staff. Like there are moments like that. Like yeah. and, and maybe Scott needs to have a moment like that with this team where people go, oh boy. I think Scott needs to win a big game. Is what yeah, he needs to right. because you know right. at Central Florida he won. He was 13-0, but the Auburn game, I think the Auburn game where he won. Yeah, people he, went. He beat a team that they go, Central Florida shouldn't beat Auburn. Right. Central Florida beat Auburn. Right. And I think that's what Scott needs. He needs to beat a team. It's it's crazy you say that because that that's, I'll paraphrase, Graham emailed and basically asked that. I'll just give the Cliff Notes his version because he says, says, uh, says, hey, Nick, big fan of the pod, all you've done. Uh, he goes, I think my first experience with you was, was when I was probably about 12 years old at Creighton basketball camp and he had us doing defensive slide drills. It's all been up from there, but he brings up, he goes as an unapologetic Jasker fan. I can't help but compare my two favorite teams, Creighton basketball and Nebraska football. Now, I don't know how close you follow this. He goes, he said, if you remember back to Marcus Zagorowski's freshman year, so this would have been three years ago, the good, their, their star point guard, who I think is the best point guard to ever play at Creighton. Cause they, we had a lot of games against good teams where we play well, but right at, but, and be right in the game, but a, a couple of late game mistakes cost them a, a few times. And then he pro- talked about how Creighton was able to beat number two ranked Villanova towards the end of the season. And it feels like Creighton taught themselves how to win in that game and build this. We can beat anyone mentality. So getting back to Nebraska, do you think getting the program turned around is as simple as winning one huge game? Oh, I, it would do it would do wonders it, if they could ever win against Oklahoma, an Oklahoma, an Ohio State, a even Wisconsin. You go to help. Wisconsin and win this year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they've almost beaten Wisconsin a couple of times. But if you can beat Wisconsin and even Michigan, even though Michigan's down, but just beating Michigan would help. Um, you beat one of the f- three or four best in the conference, uh, or like an Oklahoma. I'm I, I I really think it would change things. I agree. But we have we have been we haven't had the blueprint yet. I don't I know. know. But but I do think there's something to that. Like again, we've talked about it before. The only they're trying to become a winning program. They're trying to be learn how to win. The only way to do that is probably to win. You gotta win. You gotta, at some point you gotta win some of these games. You gotta win and you gotta get some momentum. We totally. can't get momentum. It's just been it's been tough. Uh, I, we circled this one because we wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit. Tom says, Why stick with Adrian Martinez? Time to start fresh, can't get any worse. It can get worse. It could get way worse. <laughs> if you don't play Adrian Martinez, it will get way, 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 way worse. Stick with Adrian Martinez. That's, that's what easy answer. Yeah. Like that's where because there are some people that will that watch Nebraska and go, you got it. You can't. They're not going anywhere with Adrian Martinez. You got to sit him down. You got to sit him down. And to me, I go, yeah, he may not be. He he may not he he may have his shortcomings. He's not not may he does have his shortcomings. But when you look at the context of the situation, all you got to do is think about what Brett Bielema said. We're worried about two. He said we felt like there was one guy that could beat us. Number two. That's Martina. And so to me, I under see this is what's so hard. It's like two things can be true at once. Like I see all the shortcomings. The turnovers, the backbreaking turnovers, missing open guy. I see all those things, but I also see an offense where if if Martinez doesn't make some, if Martinez is not on the field, I don't know how they move the ball. If he's just handing it off, um, or they're running just basic plays, 
I mean, I, I just don't know who else we're going to. Like, I mean, he he really is. This offense is based around like that guy being dynamic and making it happen. And sometimes he doesn't make the plays, and we lose. But like, I don't know what we do without him. I really don't. Yeah, like, so it's, it's I, a, I, I'm I'm it's with a worse you on option with him out. Like, I totally agree. It's a, that's an easy answer for me. Like, nothing against the backup quarterbacks. I think the the kid from from Carney, hey hey, get your hands off my Heine, Heine yeah, is got some. <laughs> you know, he's got, got an NFL arm, but he is two years away from like we we don't want him to play until he is like gotten used to the the D one level. No question. But that guy's got talent, but we don't want him now. We want him in two years. Yes. So we're we're in lockstep on that. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. Everybody that knows my athletic background, you know, as a quarterback in high school but you know i believe in establishing the run game and even more than that i believe in establishing the runs a game that's an original runs a cheeseburger some onion rings double dipped in a homemade batter little bit of a pop to top it off you know in football you establish a run but at lunch you establish the runza it's just that simple so get out to runza today and establish the runza game or Check out the delicious salads. you got the chicken bacon ranch salad, sweet berry chicken salad, and my personal favorite, the Southwest chicken salad. you got to get out to Runza, establish a Runza game, or get a salad. Either way, you are going to leave satisfied. Runza makes it all better. What next one do we want to go with here? Uh, man, we got some. Are you? Are we ready to go to like kind of crazy Let's ones? Weird. Let's get You want to get crazy yeah. with it? Uh, Armac. This is on Facebook or Twitter. This is on Twitter. I kind of cheated on this one a little bit. It says, best 90s music videos. Ooh, ooh. Now, the first ones, there are a couple that came to my mind right away, but then I Googled 90s oh, music you videos. Googled? I Googled. You cheated. I did. Okay, this is good, though. I, I need some. I need and there were a couple of them that I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. For me... The first music video I thought of that really it's not in any it's not going to make any top 100 top 50 all time music video. But for me, because it was like one of the first songs that I was just obsessed with, I've always loved the Mo Money, Mo Problems music video. I'll give you that one because it was like the camera was was like it, Remember, was like it a came bubble. out. It was like a bubble camera and it came out where it was. It was, he was, golfing, it was Puffy yeah. Woods. He was, you know, made a putt and they go nuts. That, yeah, it was flashy. The, the, I've always loved that music video, but it was more about yeah. the song. That was that kind of, that's a song that encapsulates the 90s yes. in a good way. Like, I remember that a lot. I just remember feeling, the reason I thought of that one is that was one of the video. I love that song so much that I would go out of my way to watch MTV and BET to, to, because I wanted to hear that song so bad that I watched that video a million times. There's not a music video I've watched more in my life than that music video because I like that song so much. Okay, but now I'm trying to think of just like, okay, the classics, like the, the most. Yeah, we're talking 90s. So we're, we're not talking, talking thriller. No, thrillers. I'm talking. So 90s, you start going through early 90s. You got Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That, that was, was number one the on cheer, the list. Okay, so that's like, you know, they're like the grungy cheerleaders. And like that one, I that was one of the first that came to my mind because um, it is iconic. It is. It set the tone for the sort of like the grunge era. Um, yeah. Well, for the first prerequisite for any of these is when I say the name of the song, can you immediately think of the video? 
Okay, now like, that, if that's the case, then it ha- like that that should be just that just gets you in the conversation. Yeah. So now we're talking about gin and juice, uh, like Dr. Dre, nothing but a G thing, nothing but a G. Like those ones are that West Dre Coast Day, thing, yeah, California that, love. That's a visual like that thing took over the country. So that's an important one as well. Um, I'm, I'm like I'm picturing some Britney Spears. Well, she I mean, as, as she was big, and that was hit like me, baby, one more time was a pretty big music because she was showing Belly. She, yeah, yeah, that was Belly was big in the '90s. If you the show, Belly decade, uh, let's talk about some Belly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle, a lot of Belly. Well, going let's on. give the OG to Belly. Do you know who the OG to Belly is J Lo? No, it ain't J Lo. Who's the OG to Belly? I'm, I the OG to Belly. I mean, I'm trying to think of Madonna, Janet Jackson. Well, they probably showed Belly, but do you know who it really was? Shania Twain. Oh, yeah. Shania. Shania's got it going the, on, dog. Shania was the good country girl. Yeah, but she bellied it up. Shania showed Midriff and all the like, uh, the like, <laughs> farmer's gram- grandmothers were like, she ain't nothing but a. Yeah, she is. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care to see her songs. Yes. You know. Yeah, but Shania, you know, who's as sweet as pie, but she like, you know, uh, she yeah. she showed some midriff, and that was like scandalous. Was that the, the you don't impress me much video? No, that was it. Was like years you're still before. the one. Do I know too many Shania? Have I already eclipsed yeah. my? <laughs> no, no, and no. Do you mean that she's the one video? She's I mean, the one. No. Uh, this is like early to mid '90s. Shania started showing belly, and that was a big, you know, it was a big deal. I got a great belly one for you. Give me one, because I do this one. I was on the it was on the list that I googled, but I was like, oh yeah, because I kind of sneaky like this song too. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone in the Aerosmith crazy, crazy video. That's good, Nick Buck. Give me some of that shit. Doc. That first of all, that song's good. I kind of on the low low, your boy kind of digs some '90s Aerosmith. Oh, neat. and Dream On, yeah, Dream On's good. Dream On's fantastic. But good but, call though. That's that's a forgotten gem. Is those? I think Alicia Silverstone might have done like two, two. Aerosmith videos, and she crazy like, and uh, crying maybe. Yeah, but that but because she does the bungee jump thing and she's got like oh, uh, yeah, yeah great, great music i mean great i urge everybody to google that video it's a great video that that one but then there are two other ones but that came to me that i don't know if one you'll know one i don't i don't know if you'll remember but the other one was for some reason the guns and roses november rain that's that's iconic a yeah. pretty iconic music that's video. iconic that was a big time one do you remember Jamiroquai virtual insanity. There you go. That's that's a great one because that is the treadmill um, visual. It was like it was innovative, uh, good song. It's the perfect um, music video for the song, too. It was late 90s. It yeah. Sort of was that was the look of the late the, 90s. Right? And it's virtual insanity, think, and things are I like I think late 90s, early 2000s might have been the worst fashion period. It's so bad, it's really bad. Terrible. Right. It's really, it's really terrible. Bad. Even like grunge, I like think is better than late nineties. I agree. It's like, but but there was yeah, the his outfits were very nineties. Well, even think about the Backstreet Boy. That that stuff looks terrible, right? Those guys were you know the, they had the the hair. That's terrible. Yeah, it was bad. I always hated that. That was pretty. Bad. Even the moment I was like, I know I don't want this. <laughs> well, you know what I was trying to think of though. What was the ultimate 
we are because we were teenagers in the for the late 90s what was the ultimate video of like you know you're seeing some it was very provocative and you're like whoa all right let's think i mean i think when you because we've already talked about the belly but i'm trying to think of the very first jay when j-lo did her first video she was shaking things and we were like excuse me uh, <laughs> 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 excuse me hold on uh I have to stay in this You're room. You're going to call it a timeout in life. <laughs> uh, when was Shakira's first video? 2000s. So that's probably too late. Um, yeah, we're talking 90s here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Christina, Brittany. Uh, so Madonna in the early 90s was doing some things. Where like, she was doing some things. Like, What's she, going on? What's advanced. happening here? You know, she was doing like, she had leather on and we were like, we were like, eight. We're like, what is that? <laughs> Why is she in leather? We don't know. We don't know why that's going on here, but something. Why would you do that? Why would you do something like that? Why would you do that? <laughs> why has she got one of them horse whips in her hand? Yeah, why on know. earth would you do that? I don't understand it. Well, somebody explain that to me because I don't understand that. Uh, uh, <laughs> She's got some of them horse whips, but okay. Oh, I do remember. Uh, I think it might have been Spinderella on what a man spit her whole verse on like a rug like it was like a bearskin rug and she was like in lingerie and i was like what is happening here yeah tlc tlc salt and pepper uh um, janet jackson janet jackson on the beach i remember that one. Oh man i think we got to cover i mean fighters i just Foo fighters believe- in the on the plane they were like they did the goofy stuff then the blink 182 where they're running like naked. Naked, they ran near you. Beastie Boys Sabotage was a very iconic video. Good one. Beastie um, Boys, that was a good one. There's a lot of them, man. There's uh, all of Mariah Carey's videos were always pretty intense in a good way. You know, yeah, yeah, they Mariah. were always fantastic. But Mariah, who we, I think we're forgetting somebody big. We're forgetting right? a big, there's some female artists that we're forgetting about, I think. We're forgetting some big ones. I know yeah, we are. But th- I think we got to cover it, don't you? No, no. I think we missed. You're not ready it. to move off this one. We missed it, but this is good because then the people listening will they'll they'll hit us back. Like that's the good thing is when people remind. Like that's the great thing about the messaging. People can hit you and be like, Nick, you forgot. This. You need to watch, but you need to watch when you go home tonight. Watch a Aerosmith crazy video. It's a good video. It's a great video. Talk. You know what's, what's crazy is like so my our neighbors. Um, I think their daughter's like, I don't know, seventh grade. Okay. And they were all watching. They had an overnight. And so I, you know, you could hear the girls going, okay. Yeah. They're watching clueless on a projector oh. against the house. Oh, a big projector nice. watching Clueless. Did you want to so go girls, girls that are between they're getting back sixth into grade it. And yeah, you know, high school, I think we'll always like Clueless and Alicia Silverstone forever. I think it's the most girly girl movie yes, there is. Because I mean, she was a she was a big because I was right during that time. She Alicia Silverstone oh, was a huge star. All the girls wanted to be her. Oh, they were man. all doing the clueless stuff. They were doing the whatever. Yeah. You know. Yes. As if. As if I forgot about that one. That was as what they if. did. That didn't that didn't so girls are bit girls. Well, Clueless is one of those movies that has survived for girls. Right. For, High, for high school and teenage girls. Oh, man. But the crazy video. Did you have to shut the door? <laughs> I had to do it. What, what? I don't Excuse know how me. I feel right now. I don't, I don't know, know what is going on. What's going on? What's, what's happening here? 
I needed I needed to take a <laughs> moment and think about my life. <laughs> okay. I kind of feel like because I know your personality, you're going to include yourself in this one. Louie had such a good email that I emailed him back. Great question. Said, if all the players in Nebraska football history participated in a WWE side note, I don't want to call it WWF. It's WWF for me. Still, yeah. Still. A WWF style battle royale. Who would win? Oh. And he also put who would be the final 10 fighters? Oh. I think it's hard to find 10 is just a big number. I'll give you a couple. I, I know who I think would win. All right, I'll start with you. You tell me. Well, I at. think the first, I guess I maybe need to think about it more. The first name that came to my mind was Corey Schlesinger. Ooh, the battery. I just thought, like, I think the most, the two most manly positions to me in football meet on an ISO. I think a fullback and a middle linebacker Ooh. are just ooze. Alpha male lion lion. I'm thinking of two older guys. Oh, you got Dutton. John Dutton is in the top two. Let me just tell you that right now. You have told me. You remember the sketch, Bill Brasky sketch. John Dutton should be. You Bill told me. You told me stories about John Dutton that just can't be true, but they must be true. Nick, he picked up a <laughs> not just. <laughs> A grizzly bear was trying to get into their cabin, and John Dutton went out there with a, and maybe it wasn't a grizzly bear, maybe it was a black bear. It was like a cub. Who knows? But he picked up it was like a, a rock. Lab. He picked up a big <laughs> rock. I'm telling you. And they, he threw it at the bear and drilled him and sent the bear running. Like, John Dutton is no joke. So you got Dut Dutton's surviving. I have the first, you know, the first two that came to my mind. Who was the second one? Bob Brown. Oh. So Bob Brown's a Hall of Famer in college football, Hall of Famer in pro football. I think he was 1964 or 68. I'm blanking. Maybe 68. Sir, I love you. You are just a Bob a Brown. Historian. So Bob Brown came and spoke to us once. And I kid you not. 64280. 64280 in the 60s, Nick. And he was mean. When I say he was mean, he was mean on a level that people even in the 80s and 90s don't understand. He was just mean. And that made for good football players in the 60s. He was the first round. It was the second pick in the draft in 1964. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. Like yeah. He is the real deal. Um, okay. So he was an offensive tackle. He was a tackle. And Nick, he's the meanest guy. <laughs> Like he's probably a nice guy, like not, but on the field, I think he could probably be considered the meanest guy we've ever had. Wow, good he told, pull. This is why he you're told a story. He came and spoke to the team, and he was telling about. He was talking about like, you know, he went out there to line up, and the defensive end was this was in the pros, and they were like, "Hey, Bob, how's the family?" And he said. F your mother, you know, like yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys. Right. Like he literally, and we all were sitting in our seats just like, oh my God, Bob. Like we joked about Bob Brown the rest of the year because we're like, nobody's meaner than Bob Brown. Like you don't want to mess with that guy. So Bob Brown, but that is a two, six, four, battle, 280 with no people didn't lift weights. There was no protein shakes. There was no it. like just meanness. He was just meaner just than enormous. you. And in that ring, Nick, 
you want the meanest guy. Right. I'll take Bob Brown. Okay, so John, John Dutton, Dutton and Bob, Bob Brown, Brown are finishing it. Okay, the other, I mean, I wrote down Schlesinger. I mean, I feel like you can include all fullbacks. Maybe I have like a fullback. Maybe secretly I have like I think a fullback. fullbacks are short, though. I think those big dudes you just... Fullbacks, but I don't know. Yeah. Little Schlesinger, he battering ran them. He remember, you, remember you pointed out he KO'd homeboy on the opening kickoff in the 94. Schlesinger's tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against him. Sue... Uh, what about yeah, Jason so and Christian Peter? The Peter brothers they got would the be good psycho, in there. Like, just they want to like Hannibal Lecter you. Those guys would be good in there. Wittstrom would be good in there. Okay, do you take yourself? You're a guy that's so confident in like, but I'd be way more strategic than the rest. <laughs> they make bad. friends. You try to make friends with I'd Bob be, Brown. I'd be kind of just hiding out till the end. Then I'd go in and make my hate. Do you survive longer than Barrett Root? Yes. Oh, Between yeah. Barrett Root. Oh yeah, I, Bo I, Bo Root Barrett Root. Tom Root, John Root. I survive. You are you are the no last. No doubt. You're the last of the Roots. Of the I make seed it. Yeah. to carry up. Wow. I make it. Yeah. John Root on line two. I don't know. Hey, John Root would be good. Too. John Root would be pretty. He just he would just he would seventy eight Oklahoma some people. That'd be yeah. John's. John would would play on the back, get off the ropes. And then but 78 you're Oklahoma susceptible people. to being the ropes pulled down. You know, over. <laughs> <laughs> That's John Root's whole philosophy is just to 78 Oklahoma. Everybody. Not a bad move. Well, I think because I had to Google him. I mean, Bob Brown might be my pick because you've talked me into him. Nick, he's he's mean. That's pretty good. He's mean in a good way. I like that. Uh, okay. A couple, a couple other ones here. If your life was made into a movie, which actor would play you? Paul Newman. Paul Newman or Kevin Costner. Costner could do you pretty good. Those would be mine too. I wrote down Hillary Swank for obvious reasons. <laughs> Just because if she if she got oh, she people. cut her hair like mine people. and people look it up side by side it. I'm telling you, people side by side it. It's pretty. It's pretty uncanny. Oh, man, man. I really want to meet her just to see if she would like. I, I would have to think she would look at me and go like, "What is she from what? Nebraska?" That's the she was born in July. I just looked it up because uh, it's always like I need to get. By the way, I did that whole like twenty three and Me thing, That's and it I'm came saying. back like it was a it was a faulty like like I didn't my spit wasn't right or I don't oh. know. They were like they sent me another kit and I just haven't gotten around. There's to no it. one else like you. Yeah, they're like this guy's <laughs> from another planet, but. uh she was born July 30th, 1974 in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we are identical. Nick. Nick. I don't know what's happening, but me and Hillary Swank somehow. Nick, I'm just saying. I need, I, I'm going to end up in her, like, I don't know, in her family reunion in some way, shape, or form. But Hillary Swank, for obvious reasons. I wrote down Jim Carrey because I feel like he could get my, my Every, mannerisms. Everybody that I've ever met. So, like, it's it's not people that you know well. It's people that I kind of know outside of your orbit, yeah. and they meet you, and they say Jim Carrey, they say Will Smith, the Will Smith. Or they see they say Keenan Michael Key. That those I, are the three I always hear for you. I I so the Will Smith thing is like wow, yeah, that's giving me way too much credit. Like Will Smith, especially Will Smith in the nineties, though. I yeah, think. but like yeah. Will was cool. Like in the Fresh Prince, he was yeah, like was, cool. Yeah, but that's I mean, you're cool. See, I think most guys at Kansas would think I was more Carlton than I was like 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, you're not Carl, but you like, I'm not Will. Here's the at Kansas. You would, you were willing to be goofy. Be goofy and, yeah. when guys, okay, so were, guys were a little uptight, so you'd be goofy. I heard, so I'd never really heard until I called a game this past year at Xavier and Lane Grindle. Lane told me, he goes, just, just so you know, you are Keegan Michael Key. And I, I was like, and it took me like hearing that to be like, oh, I can't. My wife said it when she saw him. She goes, kind of like Nick. And I go, yes. <laughs> Maybe that's a, if we hung out, I feel like the world would explode. You know, he kind of has a laugh too. Like the, like he's got a loud laugh. Like, and he just, like I kind of start laughing. I, I think he's a great guy. Uh, you like him, don't you? I do. Yeah. And then the last guy I wrote down for indulgent purposes because I can't believe Billy Bean can die a happy man. Because can, do you understand how good it would feel? That it shows Brad Pitt. I mean, Brad, like, imagine your life and the person that is cast to play you in the movie about your life is Brad Pitt. What was it? I think I was listening to um, some podcast. And they were talking about the making of Money Moneyball, and Billy Bean was saying how he's like, "Yeah, Brad wants to come over and meet you," and he said, like. His wife, his daughter, and the nanny like all ran. They started putting on makeup. He's yeah, like, there's an effect there. Oh like, yeah. yeah, it's like you forget. Like it, when it happens, like it gets weird. Yeah, like oh, the, I won't the name- girls lose their freaking minds. No doubt about it. So I wrote down Brad Pitt for indulgent purposes, but I, I, I'll give I think, you Brad Pitt. But I mean, Nick, just who, because who else would play you? Come on, it's got to be Brad <laughs> or Hillary Swank. One who of the two. Play you, man. Um, if you could bring back any TV show. Which TV show would you choose? Bring back. Okay, so I'm thinking of... So it's hard as I think The Simpsons is still going, but we both feel from 93 to 2000 or 99... With the same writers. With the same writers, that would probably be my choice. But it's hard because that is still a currently ongoing show, so I want to eliminate that. Think about Seinfeld. Think about... I mean, Friends, didn't they just do a Friends reunion on... But I don't have... HBO Max, I don't have that either, but I want to watch it. I mean, between Seinfeld, Friends, I'd do Seinfeld but probably before Friends. Um, I would definitely do Seinfeld before Friends. And then... I wrote down The Office. I still feel feel like those characters were so well-defined, and Steve Carell is so good that you could just continue. They could just literally still all be at Dunder Mifflin... Doing and and Michael Scott could still yeah. just be doing absurd things and the show. I really feel like if you got all the writers back, it would work right away. Well, here's the thing: is you got you got uh, Krasinski who is Jim, you got um, Rain Wilson who's Dwight Rain Wilson's Dwight Schrute. You got the Nard Dog who was uh, help me with the name. Oh, my, um, oh God, Andy Bernard is. Uh, I mean, this is this is what kills me is when I can't remember this. You got Pam. You got uh, Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Okay. But like between Helms, Krasinski, uh, Wilson, and uh, Michael Scott. What am I? Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. Between those four guys, they all went on to like become like movie mega 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 stars. So you had four to five mega stars minimum, and then everybody else is like became like semi stars. Like it's just like if you brought them back, it would be huge, man. It'd be freaking huge. I was listening. To, so 
Krasinski was on Conan O'Brien's podcast and and Krasinski said, like, if if everybody came back, he, w- he was like, I would do anything to get back to that. So basically, like, I got the sense because there's some like, I don't know if Carell would. I think Carell feels like uh, you don't sometimes you can't hard, go try to recreate hard, it. Yeah, and it's hard when you've done it, like when you've done it and there's hard, already an yeah. expectation level for it. Like, but I feel like those characters were so well defined and they were so iconic that you it would work so mine would honestly be the i i it's either seinfeld or office or and i would choose seinfeld or choose the office excuse me i think i would i agree with you i take office over seinfeld i think seinfeld be seinfeld be hard to redo because it's a different kind of show it's a it's a multi-cam show where the office is like the right you know the documentary style um i think it plays to humor but it would be funny though to see how now a lot of this stuff already happens in Curb Your Enthusiasm because Larry David writes for it now. Yeah, but and it they would did be, like a fake Seinfeld reunion yeah. on Curb. But it would be funny to see Elaine, George, Kramer, and Jerry and their idiosyncrasies and issues with society and the little things that happen in yeah. today. Because you know what I mean? This like, is the hard part about today. Like to to have a funny show today, it's like it's such a different world. Yeah, it's like you got to have an approach. Um, it's just so like you just can't, like it's like it's such a different era of comedy because of like the the political climate and everything. Yeah. Like it is, it's touchy totally. And so you either have to kind of go all over the top on it, or it's like, or you're kind of like, I think it's hard to be funny. I think it'd be tough. <laughs> I, I think it'd be tough. That's why I chose the Office. I mean, even the Office. Some of the early Office episodes were kind of went there with certain things you're like ooh, i don't know in 2021 how that would kind of fly well, but you remember like diversity day <laughs> yeah <laughs> diversity, like, <laughs> diversity day was like whoa right like, but but that, but in some ways it was kind of like a i don't know it was in some ways steve carell was understood he was like what not to do that's why it's so good that's though. why it worked it was and just, i think it still works now because right it's so good because it's so good but but seinfeld it would be interesting to see how they would operate in this world you know yeah it, the george complaining about like so i dm this girl on twitter she comes back to me with an emoji well what kind of emoji was it george it was you know like that would be like i'm stressed uh, i'm uh, really stressed (laughs) it'd be funny to see what that kind of writing would be but i'd still go in the office i think the office and don't sleep on parks and rec dude parks and rec's had a cast too that's true you know chris pratt became a like he's a big time movie star and then you got that's true amy poehler um aziz and sorry you got um what's crazy is these ron swanson these shows haven't gone off like the office and and parks and rec didn't come off the air that long ago relatively speaking 2013 2014 ish that's not that long ago no so it's not like we're like resurrecting like like work and mindy or something like you know what the the difference is like it feel like so much has happened with like technology and just the platforms that it feels like 20 years ago because it was on cable TV and now cable TV almost doesn't feel like it exists. Why don't shows, it seems like when I was growing up, all the successful shows for the most part were just about a family. Full House, Family Matters, Brady Bunch, Step by Step. Roseanne. Like it all, like who's the boss? Um, you, like 
What? There are a couple maybe, of maybe those. Maybe it's just those have done so. You've done so much of them that you can't do it anymore. But uh, it's a, it's like that formula maybe has just been like beaten to death. It has been. It's been done. I don't think the. I think there's always a place for it. Like I think there's always a place for sort of like easy to watch. Fresh Prince was another one of those basically a family. Is. Yeah, I mean they're easy to watch, sort of like feel good shows. I think there's a there should always be a place for it. I think so. I, I don't know about you, but like there's times in the last, uh, you know, eighteen months where like you didn't want to watch heavy stuff. You didn't yeah. want to watch DB. Like you wanted to watch the lightest, like easy, easy going show in the world. Just because yeah. you're just like I, I want to be just honest. just let me let me let me escape for a little bit here. And so I think there's a place, but Nick, I think you're right there. It doesn't, it's not an obvious. There's a couple, I think, shows like truly on cable that still do that, but like, so people on streaming and on, it's a different type it just, of that, that program. was the formula. Always. You always had three networks. Wonder Years. All that, like, it was like, they uh, are bringing out a back, they're bringing back a new Wonder Years. Are they really? Yeah. With the narrator? Well, Daniel Stern was the narrator. Did you know that? Is he still, yeah, he's still alive? Standing I would assume he went too old. Okay, but yeah, the narrator. Like honestly, in some ways, the narrator made that show. Oh, he was great. It's incredible. Uh, all right, we're like ninety minutes in. We got to wrap this up here in a little bit. But I really wanted to ask you this question. This might be the last one, depending on how this goes. Yeah. You can pick three companions during a zombie apocalypse. Apocalypse. So a zombie apocalypse, World War Z type thing breaks out. Okay. Wow. What would be the professions of the three companions? Okay, there's a zombie apocalypse. Because the first thing I thought about was a doctor, but oh, a do- is a doctor really going to help you in a zombie apocalypse? Probably not, but a doctor is never a bad thing, a bad dude to have around you. Um, I'm going to take Schwarzenegger from Commando just because he'll... He'll mow him down with machine guns. Okay. Oh, so you went like specific. I, first thing I wrote down, then a Navy SEAL. Okay. So we can't do like fake guys. Yeah. We're not doing like, <laughs> give me Jack Bauer. I'll take Jack Bauer. I thought we were going fake guys. Okay. It might be better to go fake guys, but I wrote down Navy SEAL. I think if you take three Navy SEALs, is, aren't you doing your job? Like, But is it, I mean, probably, I guess. Or, or maybe somebody that can. Uh, I wrote down a pilot. Um, Never know if you get to a plane, you got you to gotta get the, out of there. So I wrote down, I wrote down Navy SEAL so you, pilot. So you thought about this. Though. I thought about this for like 15 minutes. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm struggling right now. Okay. Navy, you went, you went Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Not where my mind I went. I went to commando. You, you went a guy with a machine, machine gun. I went guns. Navy SEAL pilot. And then I wrote doctor slash comedian. Do you need a <laughs> As though, because let's be honest, at some point it's probably going to be over. Like, do you kind of need Kevin Hart with you? Like, no, no. I was no. like, like, do you want Kevin Hart making jokes? Do you want Dave Chappelle with you? Do you want Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, so you, are you saying you're going to die? So you just want to? I mean, the reality is, like, at some point it's probably all going to come to an end. See, I'm probably. Or do you need to find, you know, on World War Z, Brad Pitt, told, you needed someone that was like a, you know, a vaccine. They needed to yeah. figure out like a scientist. Like, do you the need scientist. a scientist? You need the scientist. So, Navy SEAL, do you like my pilot thing in case you need to? I mean, because at some point you got to get in the air. Um, 
It's pretty specific. I mean, you got three choices. <laughs> so pilots, maybe two. Like, I'd, like, I'd like an astronaut in case I'd I like have a, a chef. Ship. I want a chef. <laughs> I'd like a breakfast chef because I really like breakfast. You can't kick anything but omelets and waffles. And I'd pancakes. like a. I'd like the. Uh, <laughs> I'd like the the uh, technician uh, for a nuclear uh, submarine. Like, one thing. Do we want that? So maybe know. pilots too. I mean, I was envisioning us just just flying well, away. You gotta to come places. down somewhere. So yeah, <laughs> there's a finite amount of gas. Man. So apparently, I'm having a, a Navy Get a SEAL. Gas man. Get a gas man. And... I need a gas man, a pilot, and a, <laughs> and a flight attendant. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm just flying different places. That's all I'm doing. But Navy SEAL pilot and like Dave Chappelle. I'll give you that. You want Schwarzenegger, just some give me scientists, the, give me or you want killers? Just give me three. Killers. Yeah, you're probably. I mean, the reality is you probably go Navy Seal, Rambo Navy Seal, two, Navy Seal. I want Rambo from Rambo two, Schwarzenegger from Commando, and uh, who's the other biggest badass? Liam Neeson from Taken. Yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> In case I get taken by the zombies, he can come find me. He's got skills. <laughs> How many people did Liam Neeson kill in Taken? I mean, it's in the sixties, probably. I mean, he was just killing He's over people. over 30. I can tell you that. This is ridiculous. This is totally ridiculous. I got a daughter now, so I get it. I will kill. Very particular set of skills. I will kill. I will kill you. I mean, do we call it there? I mean, we're, we're I, an hour and a half into this thing. Before we, Well, I mean, you're. I got one more drink. You got one little tiny. Cheers. Cheers. We'll First official video wine pod. Done. They got a little drunk. Once we, once we went Frank Solich, hieroglyphics, and oh, someone digging up things, everything kind of eroded. Well, we find those people like that the most. I guess so. I don't know. I mean, we also talked about belly. We had a belly session, too, which is good. But people have been underestimating the belly of late. Well, here's the thing. We need to wrap this up because what people need to do right now after this video ends is they need to go stay on YouTube and Google Aerosmith Crazy. Like, right now. Ahora Media Production.